welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-fans talk about controversial and noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we're here with another Patreon request, but this one Wait, is who, actually... who did you say requested yeah. this one? John. Uh, this is sense. this this is less a Patreon request, more of a Patreon challenge. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> like John BC dared us. I want you to cover the most Grant Morrisonist Grant Morrison. Oh, this story. is not the most Grant okay, Morrison. But one of the one of the more Grant Morrison stories yes. that exists, and I want it to be basically uh, Daryl and Phil's first experience with Grant Morrison. I yes. will say, uh, now that you say John requested this, it makes perfect sense to me. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> Thomas Pynchon, still not a good author. Crying Blood 49, not good. Sorry. Postmodernism sucks. And uh, this book is And unsubscribe. Not <laughs> yeah, so like, we're following the tradition of Kaiju Max, where we're just going to shit on everything our fans Hey, 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 hey. Don't you dare, Sylvester. <laughs> so the reason why I was very excited to do this, and like I don't want our listeners to think that we're just exclusively doing Patreon requests from now on, mm-hmm. but this is actually a book that has been on my short list of books I want or I really want to do for the show, but are like super insecure that all my friends are going to hate everything I love a lot. Mm-hmm. So we haven't done it yet. We are covering Flex Mentallo, Man of Muscle Mystery by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely, a vertical book from 1996 that is actually, like, unironically one of my favorite comic books. Uh, so first, uh, business stuff out of the way. What do you guys think of Frank Quitely's art? Great, love it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I'm a big Frank Quitely fan. He's his style's not for everybody because people are very like blobby, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, I, 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 I like his fan. I like his style more for indie stuff. Mm-hmm. If we ever do his X Men, uh, oh, I could see that because like his his style definitely was absolutely like more of an indie modern mentality especially like the way he uses colors and the way that like a lot of people look like how exaggerated they are i don't yeah. know if i would see it working well with like known superheroes but what if you knew that it was also his x-men was also written by grant morris yeah so Ooh, i want to say uh, i want to say real quick um uh, so i always had a bad relationship with uh, grant morrison mostly because of his fans really like uh, me and John. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, all you. No, but uh, Ryan is actually Ryan admits that some of my uh, Grand Morrison stuff sucks. So he's better than like ninety percent of Grand Morrison fans. But um, when like my first exposure to Grand Morrison was when he wrote X Men in the two thousands. Uh, it was really weird. Um, uh, it had like Frank quality style. It didn't match the characters, uh, and it had other art projects beside that. And Grand Morrison also like really pushed like what he thought uh, X Men should be. So like he made Magneto to a drug user who wanted to commit genocide on all humanity. Well, it's actually more complicated than that. He was actually possessed by an alien yeah, okay, bacteria yeah. slime. Oh my <laughs> okay. god! Yeah, <laughs> and so when people X Men fans were like, "Just like, I don't like this." Every guy Morrison fan would be like, "You're just too dumb to appreciate it." Uh, mm. He he basically graced your shitty series. <laughs> the series yeah. was traditionally shitty and made it good, and you can't. He came down it. from on high and it's like, yeah. "Let's add craziness to this world." I'm, like, the only person that, like, super loves most of Grant Morrison's X-Men and don't like the ending. Like, I feel like that's such a weird line because everyone either hates it or loves it. And I'm just like, it's up and down. <laughs> I-, I feel the same way, honestly. But um, and, and that's uh, – as I analyze the man's more of his work, I realize it's mostly his fans I hate, not him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a very sincere individual. And even when he's weird, um, he's, like, trying to convey his love of superheroes. So. Yes. And that's what this book is about. He is my favorite writer. So uh, I, yeah. I will say also, before we even get started, like, this is the type of book that you should not read quickly. Because I was just trying to get it done yesterday. Ooh. And, like, this is the type of book that I, after I read it, I'm like, 
I really need to like sit down like th- this would be the type of book that I would like to read for like a college English class and sit down after and talk about all the different scenes. Yeah. Because I'm reading through it and I'm yeah. like, what the hell is happening? I-, I know there's symbolism here. I just I'm not going to sit here for each scene and try to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. But I could imagine there being a lot to talk about. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So one of the things too is as diehard listeners of the show know, I have like really poor like reading comprehension and re- like retain retention for things. I always get things wrong and forget things. So this is why I really like Grant Morrison because instead of reading things slowly, I'll just read a book like three or four times and mm. keep picking up like more New and things. more and more things. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons when Sly and I would like argue is I'd be like, <laughs> I I would be like, well, no, like, but I really, I hated this book. But then on the fifth read, I like really loved it. <laughs> and so I'm like, God, you're such a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. This was a book. As soon as I finished it, I was like. I don't think I can come to an actual opinion on it. I don't think I can it. come <laughs> <laughs> to an actual opinion on it until I reread it and like yeah. feel like I kind of get it because I finish yeah. it being like, I th- like maybe I think I get it. We were <laughs> we were talking about yeah. before we started recording, like trying to cover this is like trying to do like you've only read like a, the cliff's notes of a book for like a, a class and now you're having to take a test on it and like you kind of don't remember it because you were just skimming through most <laughs> of it so you're like uh like I'm, I'm really not sure what the count of monte crisco was about other than <laughs> revenge you know the, yeah you can get the major themes right like you yeah. read this and you're like i get i get some of the themes he's going for but like with the scene where all the kids are just shitting in a hole like what does that represent <laughs> like there's got to be something that there that i yeah. just i didn't get on my first read through yeah uh, this is so i've like i said i've been hesitant to do a grant morrison issue uh episode this is any everything i've ever wanted i'm just like i know that there's something here but i just don't yeah. i just don't get it i also didn't know this was going to be like this when you said flex mentalo man of muscle mystery i'm like oh uh, it's going to be dumb i haven't heard of before yeah, yeah. So th- this is – I'm, like, super excited because I also, like, even though I really love this book because of its overarching themes, there is still a lot of symbolism in it that, like, I don't understand. I've read this book, like, half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. I'm sure you guys are probably smarter than me when it comes to this kind of thing, so we'll see what happens. But the only – I do want to give a little bit of backstory, and I know, Sly, you do too. Yes. This is a spinoff of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol book, and it's – I don't really want to say, like, too much about it because, like, he's – he shows up in it, but this book really it doesn't Flex reference Mentalo it like at shows all. up in it. Yeah, in Doom yeah, Flex Man- okay. yeah. Flex Mentalo shows up. That's like really? his first appearance. I thought he was yeah. only in this. Me too. So that, that's oh, no, so really- that's important to note. Graham Morrison writes like mainstream DC stuff and that in kind this kind of style sometimes. Like yeah. he he's not afraid to do this with mainstream comics. This is not just only for indie stuff. Man, that'd be yeah. crazy. So the main- by the way, I want to quickly you note know, uh, one comic that Phil always bitches about Ryan when he talks about comics, and one comic that Phil bitched about was Ryan. He said Ryan read like uh, Final Crisis like six times before he finally liked yeah. it, and Phil's yeah. like, "Well, how do you do that?" Uh, Final Crisis is written by Graham Morrison. Uh, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> what so, he he did a crossover event. Yes, yeah. he, he's like one of the <laughs> wow. biggest DC writers of all time. He's like next to Jeff Johns as one of the most influential DC writers. Oh, that would be mind-boggling. Have we read nothing by him before? No, we've never read anything yeah. by him. We also haven't read Jeff Johns. I mean, we've read uh, Flashpoint. We have never read anything good by Jeff Johns. But that's the, that's the thing. Like, whenever, Shazam. We, but we, we, oh, yeah, Shazam I mean, is yeah, Shazam, I meant. But um, when me and uh, Ryan always talk about comics and always sound so dumb, most of the time it's like purposely like playing up Silver Age goofiness like Grant Morrison or trying yeah. to reinvent it and streamline for modern era like Jeff Johns. So yeah. even though it sounds dumb, if you actually read it, it's more like this or like Shazam. Yeah. So all that really happens, like, it's it's more complicated. There's all the stuff with the Pentagon and, like, military industrial complexes and everything. But the main thing that is a... There's, like, this metahuman 
comic book writer who wills his characters to life. And that's where Flex Mentello comes from. He is a fictional character brought to life by his writer. I couldn't tell how much of this book was fictional. Like, I mean, I know it's all fiction, but like <laughs> it, it, within the comic itself, he kept making up stuff and being like, this is not real. This is not real. And so the, the whole story, it's going in and out of this guy's mind and being like, is this happening or is he dreaming this or is he dreaming it into reality or? Yes. 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 I'll, yes I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is like Van Morrison on a drug trip, and this is an experience he had, and he, and he hallucinated Flex Mentality. You could say that about that. literally every Grant Morrison book. Yeah, I know. That's, I, I, was, I was tossing out there because I think he admitted he did drugs while I right Maybe now. we should do his gritty origin story for Santa Claus. <laughs> sure. See, and with a lot of other writers, I feel like that's dumb. Having read this, I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, so Sly, do you want to talk about the fictional character that was Flex Mentala that was brought to life? Yeah, so uh, so the actual book, like if you see the cover, it's a reference to very, very much... It's not a book, it's a one-page ad. Yeah, but, 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 but the actual Flex Mentala itself is a very big homage to Silver Age comics. Um, oh, yeah. The, co- the, the cover says, you, buy this co- comic now, the Earth is doomed. And has like all this text on like a, like a 60s comic. Like, buy this comic, 24 full-color pages, all of this stuff. Uh-huh. And... Uh, but the actual comics, the actual stuff it's referencing with Flex Metallo is an aspect of those 60s comics, but it never was a 60s comic. If you read any old, old comics, they will have this ad. It was it a comic oh, strip. Oh, the muscle body guy. Yes. Yeah, it's, oh the, there's also the, the SpongeBob episode parodies it when he has the inflatable muscles. Yep. Yes. So it'll be, there's this comic where there's, there's, got, there's a skinny dork with his girlfriend, and then a jock runs by, kicks sand in his face, and uh, when he tries to split, the door trying to stand up to the bully, the guy's like, oh, you're too scrawny, even the girl's like, you're too scrawny, go away. Yeah. So then he's like, I'm going to sign up for this muscle building thing, and he beats up the bully, uh, now that he's buff. Yeah, Atlas will help make a man out of Mac, because Mac is the little guy. Yeah, and it ends with his girlfriend being like, oh, Mac, you really are a man after all, and it has a big text over Mac saying, hero of the beach. And that's, yeah. ba- that's basically oh. fle- that's basically Flex Metal's power. He has this thing called muscle memory. Whenever he activates it, he flexes his muscles and it warps reality. And then Not fle- muscle memory. That's a thing we all have. It's no. muscle mystery. Muscle mystery. Sorry. sorry. I, I don't need to suspect it. And then like, when he's like at, in Super Saiyan form, he flexes upwards and makes a uh, text falls over his head saying, Hero of the Beach. He's like in that comic strip. It's his famous yeah. hero halo. Yes. Yeah. So even like that's that's what Sly means about like Grant Morrison's like Silver Age stuff is even his premises are like homages to very niche specific things of pop yes. culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's all a big meta analysis all the time. Mm. Yes. So it opens this, so wait, the comic <laughs> opens with I just want to say before we begin that people like because there's a lot of people probably listening that like yeah. we me and Phil had no idea what Flex Mentella was and so far you're just really confused because you have no idea going into this like we didn't even explain any of the premise or why this is so crazy and these first like two pages are a good indication of <laughs> yes. what you're going to experience yes so uh, just like simply who's throwing this bomb at the viewer it's another character came from the guy that uh, drug users memories the well, fact no, you should explain what this looks like because again I, I know yeah so <laughs> yeah. but he basically he's, the fact is basically like the question pretty much it's a, it's uh, a guy in a trench coat trench with coat, a hat yes. that you can't see his face yeah and he throws a bomb labeled bomb at the viewer it explodes and then it turns into a galaxy mm-hmm. and then it turns into the, the guy who threw the bomb's face like a like it, black and white it, version it, of it him. turns into like a cloud it almost looks like and then you hear yeah. flight number 230 will be boarding shortly through the canine doorway through the canine yes. doorway 
the canine doorway. And then it zooms out, and that, that cloud turns into a fingerprint, which yeah. turns into the shadow on his hat. And then it's the original guy, but as, like, a sketch. And now it's a drawing <laughs> on an egg. And the guy, a chef is breaking his egg, and he's like, eggs, eggs, one eggs. And, and he also Bruce... says, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. And then uh, Flex Metallo comes in to this diner and he says, I want eggs. And he, Flex Metallo looks exactly like a beach-going bodybuilder like even when but he's like he's like huge he's super top heavy he was skipping leg day all the time and he has like this leopard print like real tight like bathing suit on and these big like (laughs) knee-high boots so already it's like if you're trying to read this and you're trying to analyze it you have a guy throwing a bomb that has the the words bomb on it that explodes to make a galaxy to make a hat to have something about like airport terminals and then turns into an egg about brains on drugs so you're like Okay, and this comic keeps going at this pace yeah. where it will introduce new ideas or new concepts to you and then it will push through and it will like confuse you with both the narrative and the drawing where you're like, yeah. what? Like you can't parse what yeah, so- anything means in relation to anything else. Like why use the airport terminal stuff or did that guy actually make the universe or is that just like Grant Morrison like winking and nodding? Like isn't this like bizarre? Okay. Can you guys allow me to be, like, super pretentious for, like, a second? No. <laughs> one second okay. only. One okay. second. Right, Ryan, she would have blown on this one panel, not the rest of the comic. No, no. So what I mean is, the, the thing is, that when I read Grant Morrison, I kind of, the reason why I like to reread it over and over again is because I kind of treat it, and again, I've, I'm so sorry how fucking obnoxious this is going to sound, yeah. but it's like when I first started reading a lot of poetry in college, like, especially, like, writers like Keats, who we actually briefly mentioned last episode, yeah. but, like, how it's more so the themes and the feel more so than the plot really matters to me at first, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I really get what you're going for and I really love this. And then on rereads later on, I'm like, okay, let's find out exactly what happened. Where more it's like the emotion behind it is what I go to a Grant Morrison book for Mm -hmm. first. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that's pretentious. You weren't like, this is high art that I will put (laughs) in a museum. It's like you read it kind of like it's poetry where you just go, you attach yourself to certain words and phrases and feel for the emotions. And then you try and be like, but, like, what was actually being said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. also, so, cool. Fekmetal Fekmet as a character, by the way, is a very, like, uh, traditional Silver Age superhero. Yes. Like, the, the, the dining woman gives him his, uh, he's, like, gives him his uh, food, and he's like, you're a fine, hardworking woman, and he starts eating his breakfast, like, well, boy, well, nothing but protein, protein goodness in this, like, like, yeah. a, yeah. like a Superman app from the 60s, basically. Yeah. And, but it turns out, the whole meal gets interrupted because... Uh, that the, the the fact uh, in reality did put a bomb, but it was outside this diner. And Fatal goes to disable his muscle memory by hearing of the beach and disabling the bomb. But it, no, it's oh, this is a diner it, in an airport terminal. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 And he says, I like to go down to the airport once a week. Yeah. I usually take a taxi to there and just sit for most of the day, watching the planes landing and taking off, watching the people come and go, kids lugging bags and toy animals, businessmen checking watches, lovers hugging, parting. I like to watch life going by, a river of faces that never grows dull. You can always count on life, mm-hmm. but today yeah. it was different. Uh, sorry, clarification. He doesn't hear of the beach stunt, but it doesn't have to the bomb because the bomb was a dud in the first place, and that's one of the things is that the fact keeps putting bombs everywhere, but uh, they don't explode ever. Yeah, uh, it's not like yeah. a. T- terrorist in a way he kind of creates like panic and stuff but like the bombs have some other ulterior motive they basically explain like well at least when they're analyzing the bomb they talk about how like he's almost doing it just to show how vulnerable society is to a terrorist attack Mm -hmm. without even killing anybody so it's like giving everyone the fear without actually doing any damage Mm -hmm. yeah so as is happening the guy who uh, imagined mentalo in the first place 
he's like in a drug uh, drunk drunken it's, drug. <laughs> man this is so weird to describe because it's like if if you like weren't listening to what we were saying and you just skipped over this flex mentalo is being dreamt up by a man in the quote-unquote real world that lo- kind of yeah. looks like neil gaiman yeah, I can see that. I, yeah. I, I kept thinking he was Rick Jones. He's in, he's in the <laughs> he does look like Rick Jones a lot. Yeah, so it keeps the narrative of the whole book keeps bouncing back from Flex Mentello solving this like mystery of yep. the bomb and the fact and all this stuff, and this writer who is he you know, spends the, the guy... entire four panels uh, on serious drugs, like four issues, four issues, four issues, four issues. Yeah, not just four drugs. panels, four yeah. issues uh, on serious drugs and talking on the phone to someone. I don't think we ever find out who it is. Well, yeah. it's supposed to be oh, like no, Good Samaritans. Uh, he's he, it's implied that he's talking to like suicide hotline. Okay, like, I, I thought the implication, but I don't know. If, I I wasn't sure if he was talking to himself and he was crazy. Okay, so well again. We like it's not hundred percent one way or the other. Yeah, uh, yeah so but there's also a reveal at the end on who's the other end of the. Phone. There's a reveal, but I mean, this is like <laughs> this book. You can't take anything for granted. <laughs> so he's yeah. looking for this like he finds like the phone that he wants to use that we later find out is to call like a suicide hotline. Uh-huh. Is this like it looks like a really campy like bright yellow Batmobile phone? It's a toy phone, toy car phone. Yeah, it's like it's it's a toy phone exactly. Yeah, yeah so he starts calling his phone and he's narrating and he's rambling while other stuff's happening. Fuckmentale goes to give the bomb to the police commissioner who is like this um, gruff uh, smoking guy. Grizzled, bald detective. Yeah, yeah. and even though like uh, you find out later he's, he, he really is like grizzled but he's like kind of a sweetheart deep down because um, mm-hmm. everyone's nice in this book because it's a comic yeah. everyone, everyone's a and, and he's been getting all of these like fake like cartoon bombs these glowing rings x-ray goggles star scepters all these things he's like I got a drawer full of all this crap it's the debris of a thousand out of phase parallel earths according to the last note or manifesto or whatever we got in the mail and so one, one of the things a fact does is leave uh, a facts around and basically clues saying the fact is uh, the game's up wax worker, which which is like his way, what he gets to this villain called the wax worker before he beats them it's, up. But it's, yeah, it's, it's like the trademark thing you do as a campy old superhero where you get a note in the mail and says the fact is, and it's like your time's up. And then the fact, yeah. the superhero, the guy in the trench coat and the top hat, he f- flies in and you know he kicks the villain in the face, and it pans out because we see this happening to this wax worker guy, and it's back into the artist. Like um, the Rick Jones guy that he's looking yeah, at. This... It, it molds into a drawing of the fact fighting this wax worker. Yeah, a black yeah. and white sketchy drawing of him. Yeah, because basically, like Flex Mentalo gets this card, and then it like he's like, "Wait, that's impossible. The fact's fictional." And then it cuts to like the scene, like you guys were talking about. And I really love the way it transitions into this like hand drawn like little kid sketch. Mm-hmm. And he's and then the writers like haven't seen this stuff for ages. These are brilliant. When you're a kid, you just do it. You don't even think about it. It's totally pure. And he's like, oh, I got to stop reading this. I'll be here all night. And like, it reminds me so much of Daryl, your book X Grace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where like it's like there's something incredible about like a kid's pure imagination even when their hands don't have the ability to capture what they're trying to do yeah it's just like this pure like nostalgic expression even the fact that it's like you don't even think about what you're aping it and what you're like stealing from it's just like you want to draw superheroes doing heroic things and saving people yeah and it's like it is fun and it is innocent and you, you there's no like grittiness or darkness behind it it's just like good guys doing good things or even yeah. any, any, or even any need for a deeper meaning behind it, just because I like yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the, it just gets so meta because the, the Flex is saying, "Oh, we're drawn by this guy Wally Sage," and the fact is drawn by Wally Sage, but it's in the drawing of that Wally Sage drew. Yeah, the, the drawing is talking. The the the, 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 the panels that the guy is drawing are, are it's talking. It's partially inked too. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, it's yeah. not together, but then it continues with Flex still talking. This whole yeah. com- this whole comic is basically the Genesis game comic zone. Uh, <laughs> yes. The guy can animate comics. No, life. he gets pulled into the comics, whereas here, this guy's ODing, and inside <laughs> of his head, I assume, is where all this is happening. It is the inverse where the comics are kind of coming alive in this. Uh, yeah, yeah that's true. So, so this is where Flex like kind of recaps the Doom Patrol origin in like a panel where he's like, you know, I, I was a- another one of the fictional characters, just like the fact, but I was brought to life by Wally's psychic powers, and uh, he thought me off the page and into the real world so that I could help him. But he died. Maybe the fact got out too. You know, maybe if I find him, everything will come together. And that's when the guy's like, yeah, maybe God's just decided to ring down the curtain on this whole dumbass drama. This whole thing's dumb. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we get to see a little bit of like Flex's adventures. He is very much a Silver Age hero. He yeah, plays yeah. Origami, the Folding Man, the Lucky Number Game. One of the things Grant Morrison always does in his books is he adds like a hundred characters. And if you ever read his like scripts or like behind the scenes stuff, he has like these full thought out origins to all of these characters oh. that are only on for one page. You're just like, wow, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, like the Lucky Number Gang all has billiard balls for their head yeah. to denote what number they are and so like to contrast that like flex is watching tv and he sees like the world's going to shit like and people like there's a farmer talking about like oh we're in the last days uh, it's obvious i build a rocket ships to my son to the uh, another planet so when his planet dies nothing happens yeah a guy says i was sent from another planet to save you all but I, I, it's too late i forgot what i had to say <laughs> corrupt too much of your fucking human dirty human minds yeah and, and the question is like who's going to save the world now and it's 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 a very common theme, Grant Morrison, where like like uh you know it's why Ryan bitches about like Alan Moore, where he focuses on the shitty things. When Grant Morrison's like, why can't we get inspired by like, good things instead of focusing yeah. on like why things are terrible? But um, and the like framing the it bounces between the two framing device because devices because Flex Mentalo's watch it now he's watching a commercial for food which cats love. It's like give your cat food. Uh-huh. That's right, food. Food cats, cats love, love it. it. And it's and Wally Sage is also feeding his cat watching the same commercial, talking about how like he loves his cat and he says goodbye to it and then he walks out into the rain. Mm-hmm. This is where he goes to die. He lays in an alley for the next three issues, just do- overdosing, maybe yeah. or maybe not, because yeah. he's like, I don't know if I even took drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so to seem to build up more like the world is going to shit. It's, the colors like change from like the colorful Flex like, Metal to more like a more like greedy book where everything's yeah. washed out. To, uh, uh, dingy street uh, the cops are pulling out a guy who od on pcp out of a alleyway yeah and this guy says that you know wally is talking about how that's not his real name he's like just some pop singer but that's his secret identity like he wants to be this comic book writer and then you know like so i said it cuts back to like the flex mentalo looking so out of place in this gritty dark world mm-hmm. yeah and he's and he, so he's like oh so who's gonna see the world superheroes we gotta we gotta find the superheroes, basically. And he he, he goes to the place where that uh, Wally Sage, the writer, uh, grew up. Uh, uh, boys. So what he, what he says was he goes up to the police officer and he's like, "Tell me the first fact about anything that comes into your head." And he's like, "Uh, that's weird, but there's an old abandoned school about two blocks there." And oh Flex yeah. Is like, okay, I'll go there. That's like, <laughs> just you know, that's yeah. It's the superhero thing where it's like, what's something weird? And it's like, oh, there's this abandoned storage house, and it's like that's where the villain's gonna be hanging out. Yeah. So he goes to that school and he sees an image of the. the, the uh, it's like, I, I guess they say it's a haunted school. So I guess it's a ghost image of the writer as a young boy looking up at Flex Metal as he's walking through the hallways. We flash back to his childhood, like, um, and he talks about how, man, I used to just love reading comics. Like, everyone makes fun of them, but they were fun. Like, 
uh, Mondo Mysterious. That show's awesome. Why do people got to be yeah, fun? And, and meanwhile, while Wally is narrating this, Flex is talking about like how simple it used to be where we would turn the whole world on its axis to save the life of one child, or how we flew to the limits of unknown titanic galaxies to petition the gods for humanity's survival, or when we rescued kittens from trees and asked for no reward. Like, mm-hmm. just like how like superheroes, like how on paper that sounds so dumb, but like. And then it cuts to Wally, who's like, I love that. Everyone makes fun of me because they think it's childish and this, stupid. This, yeah, this character who's dying in the alley for four issues basically is Ryan because the whole time he's like, <laughs> guys, uh, comics are great. I'm dying, but, like, why yeah. can't we have superheroes? <laughs> And, and he also, he talks about how, like, you know, at the end of your life, you don't think, you just think about the stupid stuff, the stuff that gave you joy. You know, you don't think about War and Peace or James Joyce. You just think about, like, your favorite superheroes, the Blazer, the Flaming Flag, Lord Limbo. And he just lists all these things. Like, it was totally amazing names. They're, like, archetypal. They come right up from the depths. And you think, how can they say this stupid, this stupid stuff? But then he, like... How can they say that stuff's stupid? Oh, sorry. Why do people get so ashamed of things? I mean, I really love those comics. I didn't start saving them up until I was about 12 or something, though. And he starts relaying the story about how he was in a hospital and he was looking at this light that was going. Yeah, and then he gets a comic, uh, a crossword puzzle. So, okay, so first, so first, while he's in the hospital, he's like so dehydrated (laughs) and he's asking for like water from the nurse. And the nurse, like, just ignores him. And he says, like, it was only a few hours, but to a kid, it felt like eternity. And it's like something that stands out to him. And like, you think about like those moments when you're a kid, like, you see, he talks about like some comic that he saw that like scared the shit out of him. And, like, you remember these like specific moments that to everybody else, it's just nothing. You just like had surgery and were asleep. And, like, how, like, the superheroes, like, helped. And meanwhile, Flex Mentallo is at, he meets this old janitor, and he's like, oh, you're wasting your time. This used to be a school for sidekicks. But then when all the superheroes went away, the sidekicks had nowhere to go, and so they just, like, lived on the street. They they formed roaming tribes of boy sidekicks armed to the teeth and trained to kill. (laughs) Yeah. Beast boys and daring young athletes, super fast mercury boys in chrome trim suits, archer boys with trick arrows and devil-may-care grins. And this guy, this janitor, has his own secret origin where he, it's basically Shazam. He <laughs> yeah, was walking he, through he the He gets alley. literally a crossword puzzle and it says S-H-A blank A blank. And he's like, <laughs> there's a secret word here that brought the universe into being. And I said it. And uh, yeah, that's the end of that story. I became super, superhero. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I was a superhero. And uh, I didn't ever see the old man again. But sometimes I think he was myself from the future. And Flex is like, you know, like the Silver Age campy guy. He's like, you can, you've got all these powers. You can help me save the world. And he's like, no, it's just the people that need saving. The world's fine as it is. And he was like, you know what? I figure I'd better live here and suffer as a man than be a god looking down on others. He's, I'm like a reformed alcoholic. One more day. Just one day at a time. And he's like, here, you could take the crossword puzzle. I still have it. This comes and he up gives a lot throughout this comic. Like, he, yeah. the, the word, the magic word, which is obviously Shazam, <laughs> yeah. keeps coming up. Uh, so, the, so as he's looking at his crossword, uh, walking outside, um, the fact he's not a bomb... And he's another dud, but um, let me try to make sense of these pages. He chases, <laughs> him, into, he chases him into one of those photo booths. Yes, and, but in fact, he's gone, and he's like, and the only remains is photos that prove that he was there. The, the, the photo booth photos, yeah, photo reel that proves yeah. he was there. Mm-hmm. And that's how the issue ends. And, and yeah, and then uh, Rick Jones' character is just like, yeah, I had a bottle of vodka, I had two ecstasy tabs, I had acid, I had uh, hash, paracetamols. Yeah. Basically, he's like, I'm committing suicide, obviously. Here's all the drugs I took. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, no, I don't, I, I don't, it's not that I want you to stop me, I just wanted to, someone to talk to while I wait, you know? I talk just wanted to comics. talk about comics, all those shitty, amazing comics. 
Uh, goddamn. How are we going to get through <laughs> the other three issues? All right. Issue two opens up with him in the alley still uh, saying, well, melting, man. Oh, never. Just take acid. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> One of the things I like about this is it, this is this was a small thing I was thinking as I was reading through this is it's so easy to be like he is on drugs by like going into off colors or making him all stretchy and weird. I like that for the most part, it's him freaking out, but it just looks like a guy sitting in an alleyway, like looking at his hands. Yeah. Then he lays yeah, down yeah. and it does like a weird like warping with the doors. But then that's about like all you get. Then he's just like laying down again. That it, it like it uses bizarreness in such a minimal subtle, way. Like, yeah, yeah, subtle ways for that sure. It kind of makes it more strange because you're not sure what is happening. Yeah, and he goes through his memories a lot. He's like, I had a fish when I was a kid. He was in a bowl. His name was Peter. With a ceramic castle. Uh, you know, just one of those cheap little things. It makes me feel creepy of just thinking about it. That there's this like weird fake castle in there. That's mm-hmm. all he had. And then we get the famous uh, boys shitting in a circle. At a yeah, and he's like, I don't know where they were shitting. Why were they shitting? Why am I there? Yeah, so he, he's remembering he he was when he was a little kid, he was in like a wash house or something. And this adult walked him in holding his hand. It's just like a circle of boys just like shitting Squatting on the and looking angry yeah, at him. And the whole point is like, well, I mean, we'll get to more so in the scene. But he's like, I don't remember. I don't know. My mind's just going there. But like, I don't even want to think about that bad stuff. I just want to talk about comics. Mm-hmm. I'm committing suicide. And I talk, I want to talk to you about comics, not all my trauma. Mm-hmm. And so it cuts to Flex Mattel fighting this <laughs> giant who has five like orbs that circle around as his head instead of a head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each orb is like a different power. It's like kryptonite. Each one does a different thing to Flex. <laughs> one of them is lamb and turkey, but that's like the, that's that's the cat food that he was feeding him in the first. Oh, the cat. oh. that's cool. I was like, what the? Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's like the different kryptonites. Um, and then he's like, it cuts back to him trying to find the fact. Yeah, the fact oh, is part of some group <laughs> called Faculty X. Those are the terrorist groups. We forgot to mention Feels that. Feels like, ah, Jesus, because as Flex Metal is walking around, like, a little boy comes up, and he's like, can I have your art- autograph? Make it out to my best friend, Wally Sage, which is the little boy that was here that went to go, yeah. like, shit in the... But he's also uh, the big boy who was making this all up. Yeah. yeah, and then there's, like, a town that the boy's seeing made of ceramic stuff. Yeah, it's, like, made of the stuff that the ceramic castle in the goldfish tank is made out of uh, i also do like when they go back to him fighting mentalia man the big orb head guy when they get when they tell you what the different orbs do it's like pink mentalia makes you explore complex issues of gender and sexuality <laughs> which is actually it's based on pink kryptonite yeah, yeah i know it's just like and then black one puts you in a coma yeah one that makes you forget who you are and you live another life into, like, and then entirely. it's the same the way that flex is looking at his hand is the same way that um wally sage is looking at his hand in the alley but that's what so that's what confused me because this this kryptonite thing makes you forget your identity and forget who you are you might you might think you're a divorced woman in idaho or a corrupt businessman <laughs> in paris so as he's he gets hit by this and he starts forgetting who he is and then you get you cut to the guy in the alley again and i'm like did was he a superhero who forgot who he was <laughs> Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so so we're in the, space. The, well, the thing that I really like about this Wally scene that they cut to real quick is he's like, "Who am I? Am I a pop singer da- dying in an alleyway?" And he's like, and he's responding to the suicide hotline. He's like, "Why? Why do I have to keep talking? No one's gonna find me. I know you mean well, but I don't want to be found. It doesn't matter if I die here. I'll still be alive somewhere else." And it's him as a little kid looking in two mirrors next to him. So there's like a whole line of him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "There's just endless parallel worlds, infinite versions of me." Someone where, like some some of these infinite versions aren't killing themselves right mm-hmm. now. I'm, somewhere yeah. I'm not a singer. I'm an office executive or the father of a little girl or a comic artist drawing this story. Yeah. And then it's him 
It's a space sh- it's a shot of the superheroes in space, and then it's also him in an alley where he takes this little matchbook, and inside <laughs> of it are two little people, and this is Nano Man and Mini Miss, and they come up a bunch, and they're spooning each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like little, they're like Ant Man and the Wasp, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, there's a guy in traffic saying, oh, my God, can't you hear the giant bomber? The bomb that could blow up the world. And then he, he's trying to get everyone's attention. Back, this is back with Flex Metal. Now we're back with Flex Metal walking through the dingy streets again. <laughs> yes. And now the oh, Crusaders saying this. It's funny because it doesn't matter, like, either, like, this could be happening to Wally Sage or Flex Metal. Yeah. And it has, like, the it same kind matter. of, like, consistency where you're like, okay. Then there is actually a bomber in the sky with all the superheroes on it. And then it cuts to some junkies in a subway bathroom yeah and they're gonna do some drug called crystal and it makes you become a god but then kills you and he's like it makes you feel like a superhero but then you die yeah yeah and so this guy injects him with himself with this and then there's all these people in the subway and one of them goes and asks flex to help uh, it's a it, it's a man in drag. drag queen it's a man yeah. in drag i don't know is it okay to say drag queen is that yeah yeah true? yeah there's drag okay queens. all right so he goes to she goes to flex and says oh this guy's overdeeing and flex calls her miss don't leave it to me miss and she gets so happy that he calls her miss he calls like, him uh, miss because men and drag I, I, are yeah. still men the thing is there's not enough time spent on whether it's a, a like someone dressing in drag or yeah. a trans person i got so, the implication it was somebody wanted to be because tr- she seemed happy that she called her miss yeah. It's it's hard to tell. But anyway, I would like to point out that when this guy gets his injection and he feels like a superhero, <laughs> he gets he he says that he's uh he realizes that he's just a story that like he's telling his own story and he becomes cosmically aware. So Sly, everyone does get cosmic awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, "Oh goddamn cosmic awareness." <laughs> it's fucking Rick Jones. You see like he looks like Rick Jones. <laughs> but but then so we see like him as this like perfect like Atlas Silver Age looking superhero. Yeah, I like that his hair like goes from this ratty like pale dying hair stuff to like the beautiful blonde locks of like the perfect Aryan Superman. Yeah. But then it cuts to like Flex's vision and he's just like having a seizure on the ground. Yeah. All, and like, throwing up. And, yeah. and he's like, I've seen all million worlds. I saw my own eyes looking at me. I can see the world. We're all just ants. Uh, who's going to save us? You can't look at, look at the sky. It's full of, it's full of them. And then you see all these superheroes flying through the sky as he's praying. And he's yeah. like, they love us. They've always loved us. They come to save us. They're going to take me with them. Flex, Flex starts searching his pockets and he says, I have this magic word, this crossword puzzle. If you say it, it'll save you. But Flex can't find it. It must have fallen out of pocket. And he says, oh, no, I, I must have lost it. I must have lost it as this this guy dies in his arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we get some <laughs> exposition about the Golden Age and the Silver Age. It's like he's basically just talking about what they are. It, it's how weird this... the Silver Age. Uh, then came the Silver Age when superheroes were reinvented. And that's when it started to go like a bit weird. And there's like an air balloon, Flex Mentalo, and Flex Mentalo is a monkey, a zebra, an alien. Yeah. And, and, then... and he does, he talks about how like the Golden Age was like the Charles Atlas, hard body, homoerotic wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And then the Silver Age is just like strange mm-hmm. transformations, multiple realities, dreams, hoaxes. It was yeah, like the then, hard then, the hard body began to turn soft. The masculine hero is becoming fluid and feminine and always changing shape. And all that stuff was like like a prophecy of the arrival of LSD on the streets of America. <laughs> the comic writers and artists intuited it, the social transformation in their work. And like that's funny because we've talked about this in like the history of Marvel, how like college kids like love Doctor Strange and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that style did like predate that social movement by like mm. a decade. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's saying all this as there's a bomb, like a nuclear bomb exploding, and he's like, another thing been, too that I like is that he says, um, 
Am I making any sense at all? I can't remember what I started to say. I don't like those big future heads, aliens. They were always fighting aliens in the Silver Age because there's a recurring theme in this book too of like aliens. Like when we saw Wally Sage's apartment in the first issue, he has a VHS oh, yeah, tape UFO. of UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another common theme too is he keeps he keeps forgetting where he was and he's like, who am I talking to? For, like, like yeah. what was I saying? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think I'm some kind of mutant. Why didn't the superhero save us from the fucking bomb? I feel sick. Why didn't they stop my mom and dad from fighting? Yeah. Who's and that man he... in the wash house with me? Am I dying? Like, it's so hard to follow. And it, it, it cuts back to him in the wash house with the boys sit in a circle shitting and it shows Wally Sage looking up at the man and the man has an alien head. Yeah. yeah, and this is also where Wally starts revealing that his parents used to bring him to these old political bookshops when he was a little kid, where they were filled with pamphlets about the bombs in Hiroshima, and like they would show like the babies born after the nuclear bomb, and like he thinks that he was affected by that, but that is actually something that Grant Morrison grew up with. His parents were huge political activists, mm-hmm. and he was like, as a little kid, he would be reading superhero comics while they were like sitting outside protesting like nuclear proliferation and stuff, mm-hmm. and. It's, you know, just that's something that mm-hmm. Wally is also doing. Uh, we cut to a bar where Flex Montalo is, and this guy's complaining, the bartender's complaining about it. Then this woman walks in who says she's, what was her name? The some Killer kitten, kitten. Killer Kitten. And she tattooed her whole body like a leopard. She's like, oh, you're looking for the Legion of Legions, huh? Wait, we have I, to say, when she tattooed her body, like, she is naked and, like, showing off her naked body. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, leopard print body. Yeah. Like Mystique like, and looking... X-Men. Like, basically, like Mystique and X-Men with the skin. Yeah. 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 She comes over to Flex Mentality because he's in this bar and he orders a big glass of milk uh-huh. because he's, like... He's wholesome. Most, like, <laughs> yeah, he's very wholesome. And she's like, I'm Killer Kitten. Look, I'm naked. Let me drink some of your milk. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, the, Le- the Legion of Legions is the ultimate superhero team. You should know it. Uh, and so Flex is like, I'm going to go look for them. And then also there's this guy in the bar who's like, I was in space. I was on the Apollo missions. And the superheroes were there. No one believes me. But they came in and I shit myself when I saw them. Uh, they're spying on us right now. Please believe me. There's, they're everywhere. The superheroes are everywhere. They're watching us. And then that scene. And he flips out. And then he just goes, oh, shit. No one believes me. Buy me a drink, will you, big fella? Like that's how he's coping with the non-reality yep. that he lives in. I like. In. I like as this is going on, it keeps like focusing on this guy that looks like a gray hair Superman, like Clark Kent, just walking through the bar because yeah. he's he has like yeah. the same build as Flex Mentallo. Yeah, as, as yeah. you say, the Superman everywhere. Yeah, uh, he goes outside. Flex Mentallo goes outside, and there's a guy with no face that's talking. Yeah, to Yeah, that's a little question. The here. question. Yeah. Oh, excuse yeah. me. That's the that's the mystery pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, uh, they used to call him Mr. Pilgrim. Now they just call me asshole. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, there's a teleport tube that leads to the satellite HQ of Faculty X, which is where the fact is from, I guess, and the Legion of Legions. And he's like, this is not a good road to take, but here's how you get there. And then uh, Rick Jones' character in the alley is like, oh, my God, I see all these universes converging. And he looks up and he sees all these Earths spinning around. And then also he's freaking out and dropping the phone. But the way it's drawn is it doesn't really show motion. It shows that all those existing. It's, at once, it's like, like if you moves. did multiple yeah. panel, like a, a person running, but you took all the images and you super uh, superimposed them on top of each other. So it's four different like legs all moving in like one yeah. single like when you frame. You see those panoramas with those really long dogs. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> and he's, he's having a seizure here, basically saying, I want to stop. Who's holding my hand? The bomb grounds you in my head. Can't hear you. I'm scared. Collapsing into it. I'm really scared. Oh, shit. Who's with me? Not silver. Black. It's black. It's hell. I shouldn't have done it. It's taking me to hell. And that's how the issue ends. <laughs> End of Nikes. Crisis on Earth Omega as this guy's drunk, uh, yeah. drunk keys dying uh. in the alley. So the cover of issue three is very much like a 
parody of like 80s grit because mm-hmm. it's the, it's Dark Knight Returns, which if you've never yeah. seen it, it's black in the foreground, dark blue in the background with a lightning bolt and then the silhouette. But this time, instead of Batman, it's Flex Mantel with his leopard print uh, like undies. And there's also on the cover itself, there's all these stickers like this has been resold from comic shop to comic oh, shop. Really? And it's signed by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a cool, like, this is when comics became gritty and also valuable. Yeah. So issue three opens with the police chief from the very beginning of the issue that Flex went and talked to. That he's just talking, like, he has narration uh, boxes about how he doesn't believe in superheroes anymore. And then, uh, like, his wife is telling him to go back to bed because he's just staring out the window at the rainy street. It's The wife starts talking about the fish. Did you feed Peter? I think maybe I've been forgetting. I keep forgetting everything. And he's like, yeah, I fed She's him obviously him. sick uh, yep. yeah. in some way. Yeah. She's, she's in the bed. She has like, something up, her head covered. Uh, and she says, oh, I thought, can you, um, did you feed Petey the fish? And she's like, are you kidding? Petey's going to outlive all of, of, all, of all of us. Mm-hmm. And spoilers, uh, he, at least outlives the wife, unfortunately. And he <laughs> says, I don't want there to be a war. I don't want my wife to die. And it's the same fish that we mentioned earlier that Wally had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he's in the police chief says, I, I don't believe in superheroes. They abandoned us to our fate. They all went away. All but one. And also, all his narration, all his narration is uh, written, like, mocking the style of Rorschach, where, like, rain falls on the monkey house. The inmates are screeching and tearing one another <laughs> yeah. apart. Nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's listening to the ultrasonic shrieking of our signal belts. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when it's like, all the superheroes went away, all but one, and it cuts to Flex in the dark, in the rain. Yep, marching through an alleyway. And then Wally Sage gets back up and he's like, oh, still alive. And he has like a really long like run on sentence about the the little boys in the circle and the hand who the fuck hand is that, and what was I talking about? What's happening to me? And then it cuts to the wife's funeral of the police chief, and <laughs> there's t- they're just walking through the graveyard. There's like two little tiny gravestones, and the priest is like strange, isn't it? Children perhaps bearing birds or mice. It's just the little detail that's carved on the little stones. Very odd, and. Then the police chief reveals that Petey the fish has died. No, no, he the Petey the fish is going to outlive them all, and because the police the police chief actually has cancer. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "What are you? What are you? We gonna do now? You and me? What are we gonna do now? Shit, cancer, goddamn cancer." I thought it, I thought that meant his. Wife I thought then. that was. The I, wife. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. the wife too. Uh, okay, so maybe that's more. Yeah. So then the police yeah. chief and go, he goes to see this villain that's locked up named the Hoaxer, who basically, which is kind of like uh, he looks like the Riddler but red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, the police chief sees him, and he's like, what are you going to do? Because he, he's asking him if he's going to get out of prison, and he has a toothbrush, shoe polish, tin, and a copy of National Geographic. And he's like, look what you can do with all these things. And it's like a crazy MacGyver thing where... He uses the the, 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 fla- the flashlight on the tin to make it look like the sun, and the National Geographic pictures to make it look like he's in nature, and the police chief sees himself like <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. wild like, he, on he basically, a ho- He basically turns this into a hologram of the National Geographic cover. Yeah. To yeah. Make and it's like one of those Silver Age things, like, that's always, like the Riddler explains this is how i did it and it's yeah. like i don't think that makes any sense <laughs> oh my god this, <laughs> i know this story because it's like we flip back to like wally sage and he's talking about where, where do you get your ideas like where do they come from and they goes fuck this is really kicking in and they goes and he yeah, also sounds- it shows him when he's younger like how he's dating and everyone his ex-girlfriends are like you don't show any feelings you talk about love you write about love you sing about love and he's sitting there playing guitar and he's like anything to avoid actually feeling it and while this is going on there's a blonde lady walking down an alleyway with like an open shirt and just a top on next and to then, next to while he's saying like this is not like yeah a, and then uh, yeah there's a whole bunch yeah. of guys like with like silly they look they look like from 2099 or something yeah like, they have a knife and they're mugging her and robbing her and they're going kitty kitty chicky licky slicing nicey specifically they look like the 
the mutants from uh, Dark, Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And he, then, like, it shows, like, his girlfriend leaving, and he's like, maybe I can get a song out of it. So, like, he... Yeah, no matter how shitty things are, you can always get a song out of it. I really like that line. Yeah, so he's taking, like, all the trauma and everything and turning it into a creative outlet, but it's all pure escapism. He's not actually feeling anything. And this is when he reminisces more about, like, seeing what he thought were comic books, but they were these, like, anti-war magazines and brochures. That yeah, were just, it's like, like a nuclear bomb going off, a skull, Hiroshima baby. Then he then he starts yeah. drawing porn. It's him, <laughs> it's him as a teenager. He starts drawing, like, just naked ladies. And I love that he's got, like, his tongue out, too. He's like, mm, yeah, this is great. Well, then, then he jerks off to it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. Because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, cause uh, it's weird, because as, as it's showing this, it's him talking about the bomb. It's like, even mom and dad were scared of the bomb. What could you do? Where could you run? First time I read the word oblivion was in a comic story, The Fleshless Ones. He's jerking off as he says this. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna, yeah. <laughs> Constant terror for two weeks. Convinced that horrible creatures from the subway were wearing my parents' skin. Nowhere was safe. There was no one I could trust. I knew I shouldn't have read those adult comics. Yeah, and he also talks, like, imagine having to think about, like, th- think about, like, uh, the bomb all the time as a little kid. What does that do to you? Oh, as a teenager, teenager, it makes you someone who thinks about the end of the world constantly, mm-hmm. and you're, like, all fucked up. Yeah. Who needs girls when you've got comics? That's the <laughs> slogan of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could be sick. I wish I could sick it all out. That's the slogan of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. The world did end, something happened to me, something worse than the bomb, and it all died. It's just taken me this long to catch up, alone in the world, alone in my room. Now that superheroes are as fucked up as the fucking rejects who write about them, and draw them, and read about them, all the heroes are in therapy, and there's no one left to care about us. No one at uh, all. Heroes in crisis, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it is very, like, prescient reading this now, and being like, man, this is still pretty applicable. Oh, this, yeah. this, 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 this is important comics for Ryan because when, when like you might like if you just know Alan Moore, you're like this is so cutting edge. But like Ryan and me read like uh, thirty years of, of what like Alan Moore writing did yeah. to comics. Yeah. So that's why uh, Graham Morrison's such a breath of fresh air to Ryan because what seems like a breath of fresh air to people who don't read comics at all mm-hmm. is like really old hat, like this pure yeah. cynicism that the world is shitty. So everyone got powers, be pure shit, world is shit. And people like Grant Morrison are like, what if it wasn't? What if we could just have good things? I, th- I think this comic would be a lot more like impactful, really interesting, had you guys not made the arguments about how Alan Moore and like that, that future wave like past the, the Bronze Age had like so thoroughly turned comics into greedy adult stuff where you can't have anyone to look up to. You can't have any figures to aspire to become. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, this is this is very like hard-hitting stuff that is good, where it's like... It's true. There, there's no flex mentality anymore. You just can't exist in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's still in. It cuts back to flex, and he's walking through the subway, like, uh, like these uh, sewer tunnels. I mean, and uh, thinking back to his adventures about how, like, they fought. You know, all these the the, the counting tree. Think as hard as you like, Arf man. You'll never be my intellectual. I the counting tree and yeah, tree like he's high. looking at that campy stuff, but he's walking through this like dark sewer, and he's like strange how the sewers seemed so much darker than when I fought Lars Lotus's warm worm warriors here. It's like even <laughs> when he was fighting against evil, it was still bright and hokey. Now he's just alone in like the mm-hmm. sewage of society. Yeah, and then he runs and then into Faculty the... X so throws it... bombs at him, and they're confetti bombs. <laughs> More the fact that are just throwing those bombs at him. And then he stumbles upon the nightclub. <laughs> now, one thing I want to point out is the fac- Faculty X guys, it looks like they're speaking nonsense, mm-hmm. but they're actually not if you spell it out. Is it anagrams? No, if you just pronounce it phonetically, they're telling him to never grow up. <laughs> 
Pawarkavan? You have to grow it backwards. Never you have to read it backwards. Oh. Uh, Never oh, that's an N. Oh, Never Grah Hup. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I actually, I was trying to pronounce it because I was, because I'm like, this is an anagram. I was working through it in my head. And then I was like reading it out loud, but I guess I didn't. I, I thought that was I an I didn't H. get it here, but later on they say like dreams have children or children have dreams or something. And it like clicked for me. So I flipped back and I was like, oh, it's uh. saying never grow up. <laughs> And he finds this, this nightclub, nightclub. K-N-I-G. <laughs> so this is... A... It's for adult superheroes only. Yeah, so I, I just realized, like, this is a, a taking the piss out of uh, Frank Miller because it's nightclub or K Oh, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And he loves... There's never been a Frank Miller comic about prostitutes, and this is a, yes. like, a prostitute place. <laughs> And this is great. Before we, we get through there, we get an image of uh, Wally Sage, Rick Jones in the alleyway, lost in a bird's nest boat, lost on the sea. And asking what's worse than the bomb. Yeah, yeah, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? And again, it's, it's Shazam, I think, right? It's the, yeah, the word that <laughs> yeah. turns you from a stupid boy to a Superman. What's the word? What's the word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then we have um, the police chief talking to the hoax, and he reveals that the the fish that outlives everyone, the fish has actually died like more than five times and stuff, and he just keeps buying a new one, and they keep calling it Pete. Mm. We change the fish more often than we change the water. That's probably why the fish kept dying. You have, change, you have to change the water like every two weeks. Yeah, and he's like, we're trying to save the world. And the hoax is like, mm, don't think I've ever saved the world before. It'd be nice to try. So then we get Flex Mental in the strip club. And this is this is a pretty long. This is more than a strip club. This is more than a strip club. This is like, there's orgies happening. There's S&M stuff it's, going it's on. It's the there's... most like bizarre stuff. It's almost like a run-on sentence of like nonsense when you yeah. read it's like, it. it it's also like uh, it's like if superheroes were going to be in like uh, a sex club, like a, a like yeah, be over using their powers to yeah. like to like like Mister Fantastic and someone else who can stretch, like stretching onto yeah. each other, and or like someone grows really big and just like lets guys crawl in their clothes and stuff. Yeah, like, and meanwhile yeah. you get uh, Wally Sage's narration over this. It's just it's so wet. I really enjoyed it because it's just so like bizarre and uncomfortable. It's like bubble bath. That's what's all about in the end. When you come right down to it, luscious snake bitches in red rubber, sexy telepaths stripping your mind naked. Frederick Worthen was right. Orca Junior in a suit of skin tight black and white plastic ride on the polished leather seats of a black and chrome amphibious dream mobile with lantern headlamps and jagged dorsals and it's like what the fuck fetish <laughs> dreams of flying women and boy hyper sluts <laughs> I, think this is, I think this is why i, I assume he wasn't talking to him on, on, on this phone call because i, I, <laughs> I, I don't know I, I don't want to imagine what their reaction to this is like, <laughs> yeah and it's like all these people and what i really like about this is it's so easy to be a shitty artist and to take a cheap way out because you're in a sex club, a crazy superhero sex club, and it's real easy to go for straight titillation and just like a bunch of naked women making out and stuff. But instead, it's just like it's stuff you don't want to be a part of, but it's like it's like it's someone's kink. Like you have like Reed Richards like stretching his <laughs> arms all around this lady that's stretching her arms all around him. Catwoman's in SSNF. There's a guy in a cage with wings, like Angel. There's yeah, you have, guys you have like melting on these other three, two people it's who are living fucking... metals that are melting on two people having sex, and it's just like what the yeah, and, hell and the is thing this? that I really like about this is like 
it's I think the way you put it is like that it makes it so much interesting. Grant Morrison does a lot of stuff like this where to me at least, and I could be wrong or desensitized or whatever, mm-hmm. it feels more fetishistic than pornographic. Like yeah, it feels more yes. like exploring the weirdness. It's whereas in a lot of comic books, even like not mature comic books, it's just like this feels like porny. Like why yeah. would like it's yeah. just supposed to like it's get titillate. me excited. That, that's, this, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a exactly. really important point because we talk about that a lot how like here's a crisis. Like it's not pornographic, but when they show like a woman's ass or like in her underwear, yeah, it's specifically it, it, meant to titillate. The, yeah, the way it's drawn, like, but like uh, Frank Quietly's art isn't really sexy in, in these yeah. panels. Like, yeah, it, it feels like it just like it feels like an indie comic showing a fetish, basically. Yeah, exactly. and, and he's trying to basically get to the teleport tube to get out of here, but like being dragged is. down. Yep, by all these. Uh, Orgy goers and like yep. a swarm of bee bee women operating with one mind aimed their guns and strafed my face with aphrodisiac stings. And he's trying to like claw his way to the, to the teleporter to save the world, but yeah. instead is being dragged by all the sex stuff, which is probably some allegory about comics, you know, <laughs> yeah. getting bogged down in, in weird <laughs> in, sex yeah. stuff instead of saving <laughs> the world or something. He's like, I'm the last hope for a doomed world. And it cuts back to Wally. Zap, pal, look out! Comics aren't just for kids anymore. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and then he's like, multiple universes converging. And he's standing between two Earths as they're colliding into each other. He's like, mustn't let them touch. And then Death starts dropping, like, atom bombs on him. He's like, oh, yeah. fuck, I don't want to die. And then he thinks back to when he was with his love. And he says, because, listen, when it all comes down to it, how could you love anybody the way you loved Thunder Girl? You try, and it's like heaven. <laughs> but it's only like heaven. It's not heaven, is it? Well, What's like heaven? Shit. Oh, shit. They fuck you up. Those comics, they really fuck you up something. Yeah, and then he's like, something's happening. Worse than the bomb. I'm dying. He starts puking. World's colliding and imploding. And big, bold text. There's a big nuclear bomb going off in the middle of the kids shitting uh, from the wash house. I can't look at this. It wasn't a fucking dream. This is fucking real. Yeah. God, it wasn't a wash house. Aliens. I was abducted. Uh, was I abducted? Was I abused? Oh, fuck. He's puking all over himself. Who's holding my hand? This is fucking impossible. But, and but now instead- he's thinking back, and as he's the little kid, and he's like, I'm going to turn around and see who's holding my hand. I'm not scared. Even if it's, like, my uncle abusing me or a fucking alien, I don't care. I'm not scared. I just want to know who's holding my hand. I just want to know. He's like, this is impossible. No! And it cuts back, and you see the it's full page. It's a superhero. <laughs> and he's like, welcome to, what shall we call it? Where you get your ideas, remember? And it's basically, like superhero building land in the background yeah so we have one issue left and if you're listening along uh try and guess how this ends <laughs> because i was the same way where i'm like does it just end with him dying i'm like that'd be too dark for a comic that so far has the message where it's like superheroes used to be great but i really love this issue with how much it was like delving into how like the silver age the kind of started to ruin comics and i love that it did go into like that that sex club where it's just like everything's just really messed up because sometimes we do read these comics they're like this is just like someone's weird freaky fetish like when miss mar uh captain marvel was impregnated by her own rapist son you're like yeah what the like why do this but people don't make fun of that stuff they make fun of like oh gee whiz you know like yeah where they're like oh look how dumb and campy this is well this is like serious and adult and I, I do like how it's just like this stuff like fucks you up when you like start to normalize it. Yeah. So the guy that's holding his head, uh, he actually has a kind of interesting spirit design. He, he has like a cloak over his head, mm-hmm. and, uh, over his eyes, and he has an eye, des- uh, a single eye design 
over the cloak. So it looks like he, he's a, he's like a cyclops uh, when he's wearing. He's, his he's also dressed in green, so he doesn't have. At least I didn't pick up on a direct yes. analog to him, unlike like yeah. the Shazam. And that's important. That's important. That's an interesting thing. I don't know if there's a purpose behind it, but superheroes generally never use green unless they're more like antiheroes. That's why Hulk is green and purple oh. because the secondary colors indicate a villain. Primary colors like red and blue in the key to hero. Oh right, yep. Yeah, so like really this guy, this guy's wearing green. So I don't know if that's signifying anything, but he's kind of like cool. the head, yeah. kind of like the head hero. Knowing Morrison, so, yeah. it's probably all on purpose. <laughs> Just like with the reveal in the last issue, you don't know whether or not to trust these guys because there are people like the superheroes are out there watching us and like their B twelve oh, yeah. bomber flying overhead. That, that is probably it because I, when I first saw the superheroes talk to that astronaut, because when astronauts saw superheroes, you see this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if he's a super villain at that point. So that the guy be, was yeah. screaming and shitting. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're talking about this villain known as the Absolute, the end of all life everywhere. And he's so like, by coming- they there's like a there's like a justice league meeting the legion of legions yeah yeah but there's like a monkey in a tuxedo there's yeah. the tiny people nano miss and whatever there's two people with flaming heads uh, <laughs> yeah. nano man and mini miss sorry idiot. sorry <laughs> yeah respect the characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the mammoths and uh, the good guy are going somewhere to go they're going them. to the quantum realm basically they're okay. like they're like we gotta jo- drop down to micro infinite size. Or oh yeah, yeah, just like you know, like an Ant Man, and, and you know, yeah. so small you go into. Like, you just gotta get really small, and they'll fix things. So they have to seed the absolute from the quantum realm and plant the ultra hypnotic code word. Yeah, and so Earth, the, one of them t- runs into teleport after this and says, Earth oh, is finished. oh, yeah, I forgot to say, yeah. uh, the absolute is not just killing this world; it's killing all the parallel re- realities. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I they're see. like, oh my god, we lost reality beta. Uh, like when that <laughs> when they when that person runs in from the teleporting tube, they came from a different yeah uh, reality. And as as Nano Man and Mini Miss are shrinking, they start to forget each other, and they're like, "If we could only remember that we're in love and the magic word." And it, it's it's again missing those letters that would make it Shazam. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, they have a moon. It looks like the, the Mac at Night commercials from the eighties. Yeah, Moon, moon it does. Man. It's just, just like a crescent moon with a smile on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man in the Moon type of deal. Uh, they have that. They have that on the center of their Legion of Doom uh, table as they go off. Legion to, of Legions. Legion of they're, Legions. They're heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sorry. I, I, I spoke. I'm like, hold that in your minds. The key is the man in the moon. Yes. Yep. And so they're like, uh, uh, it's not death. It's something new. It's not death. Prepare to become fictional as they, f- they fly their, their bomber from before <laughs> into the earth. Yes. And like the, the, this, this sun-like absolute is consuming the earth and you can see it consuming the back of their plane as they crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we come back to Flex like Metal. Now everyone, the, no, no. Uh, the police chief where Flex Metal was before the orgy place, but now everyone at the orgy is dead. Yes. Yeah. And he's with the hoax, and the hoax is trying to analyze what happened, trying to analyze the teleporter. We cut to Flex. Like, uh, the cover and this slash patch page is like a multiple images creating a Flex Metal's body, but it's like like a composite of a million images put together. Yeah. I yeah. feel like we should make, like, maybe this the episode image. Yeah. Cause cause you, yeah. It is very hard to describe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, we, so that, that's, I guess that was the fact of him teleporting to the Legion of Legions yeah. area. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you get a bunch of, like, the, the fact, the guy in the trench coat and the hat, just arranging, like, stuff as he's, the like, set. dizzy. Yeah. yeah. He's arranging the set around him. So Flex, by the time he opens his eyes he's on the satellite hq of the legion of legions even though we just watch them build the set behind him because yeah. he teleports into like a blank white room actually mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's a very so it's blank the fact puts everything in there like comically like it's a like a literally like a comic comedic skit then uh we come back to while sage finished vomiting 
And now he's back. He's like, oh, something happened in the back of my house. I'm still alive. And he realized that he didn't take a bottle of painkillers. It was took, M&M's. No, yeah, he's M&M's. not sure yet. Because oh, it, it's still a bottle of painkillers. It's just his M&M's That's all around. It shows a bottle on the ground and it says the drug name, but it's M&M's scattered around it. So like now yeah. it's like, did you really take drugs or did you now? He goes outside and now he's in that ceramic village that looks like the goldfish uh, ceramic <laughs> Yeah, building. and he's looking at the earth from space. He mentions yeah. I was talking about superheroes. It wasn't aliens. It wasn't abused. I was abducted by superheroes. The ones from the comics. They're real. And he says that as he walks out and sees the earth. And he's like, uh, this isn't where I live. And then little Wally Sage is like, use your binoculars. You'll see better. And gives him binoculars. And he's like, through. I remember this dream. I was just a kid. In the dream, I met this man with stripy trousers, like he's wearing. And I gave him my <laughs> binoculars. And he looked through them and said, and then in quotes, he says, there I am. And he's looking at himself <laughs> from the binoculars. They talk to you all the time when you're in shows, the circle of boys again around the nuclear bomb they talk to you all the time when you're little they live in i don't know i don't know it's like a factory where ideas are made they escape from the absolute but the plan went wrong went wrong reality was flawed from the beginning i mean have you ever felt like there's something missing do to come back home we can save the world if we can just tell if we can just if i could just remember the magic world what no the world doesn't have to be the way it is we can be them so it, it, here he's saying is talked by superheroes is this imagination or something and like <laughs> is that what's going on that he his his imagination is what abducted him when he was a kid and bringing him to this land of dreams and superheroes. And these yeah. kids are, are also seeing their imagination and the absolute is like reality, which takes you away from that. So this is – he then like explains everything. That what happened was that <laughs> – Explains the, in quotations. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. I, I did not – I did not – I don't know what you're about to so say. So what happened was reality was being destroyed, okay? Yep. They sent in Man and Minimus to rebuild reality. So instead of having superheroes in them, what they did was they erased themselves – so that reality could survive. So they rebuilt reality without superheroes, but they, they themselves became fictional. So they basically became imagine, uh, imaginary things, and people made the comics because they knew something was missing in reality. So, like, you, like he's talking about, like, I remember, uh, not remember, but, like, it reminds me of, like, all the things people say now, like, since the 2016 election, how we're, like, in the worst timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of narrative where people could feel that there was something missing from society, that there should be something better. So they filled in those gaps with stories about gods and superheroes that, like, well, this world is so terrible, but maybe there could exist people that would come back and save us. Mm-hmm. And so humans created the superheroes, but there's, you know, it, it didn't quite work out perfectly. That's why, like, the world is starting to fall apart. And that's the weird thing is the underlying thing is that he, uh, Nano Man and Mini Mists, like in the comics, comics are just like crude attempts to remember the truth about reality is that yeah. superheroes are real and then made themselves unreal and they have to be real again. Yeah, yeah. to save us from ourselves because the world is bad. Okay. Yes. So back to the Legion, Vector Metal on the Legion of Legions headquarters. Now he's, he's somebody's on the throne talking to him, uh, bragging. This place is mine. The villain. Yeah, it's a villain. I, I made you flex. I made your whole little scabby little world to detain myself, and now I'm going to destroy it. And it's fucking uh, back at night. Like, I can't stop looking at it and not think <laughs> yeah. back at night. It, it's the yeah, the Crescent yeah. Moonhead. <laughs> crescent Moonhead. It's, it's a guy, like, you can see his, like, human hands. He's just wearing, yeah. like, a blue yeah, uh, toga. And, and uh, like, a, a moon mask. Um, yep. Well, uh, when it's lost in the dark, it's my face you see. I'm the villain. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. He really does that. That's not me making that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he reveals the, the fact. The reason why 
because you talk about the fact in Faculty <laughs> X, and she's like, Faculty X uh, was actually just the fact that one guy, and this guy dispersed him through time, so he was trying to reach him while he was dispersed through time, and you're sending all these clues to make Flex Metallic reach this area. And then Flex pulls out the original fact card that says, the fact is, the fish got changed more often than the water. Yeah. And while he's reading that, the Moon Man pulls out black... What is it? Mentalium? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it says, your old isn't real flex, it's just a cheap replica. An imaginary story barely fit to amuse children and illiterates. I'm here to bring some realism back into your life. And that's the one that Black Metal Times is oh, what? so this, what? this is what, is Alan Moore or Frank Miller? Is that <laughs> yeah. who this guy is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then, so then <laughs> the Black Metal Times is, to, is the one that kills Flex Metallo, but then the, the police chief and the hoaxer come in and say, that's enough, asshole, drop the rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they hold a gun to him. I yeah. got six rounds of semi-jacketed realism right here for your ass. And then we have <laughs> Wally Sage now saying, you know, on one reality, the bottle had M&Ms in it, and the other, it had <laughs> drugs in it. So I don't know which one I'm on, but one of these realities I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, and then as he's talking to the person on the phone, all of a sudden comes in through the other end, and says, the Legion of Legends trying to get through. And he's like, shit, <laughs> did you hear that? What the fuck was that? And yeah. then he fully remembers... The whole explanation that the superhero told him when he was a little kid, that, like, those ideas are being translated, but, you know, it's up to, you say, like, basically, because they rewrote all of reality, they went into a quantum coma. Wait, do you guys see, <laughs> inside this body machine, they're injecting that drug that that guy took into the Oh, the yeah, crystal! So, <laughs> yeah, so, the, the, when they built, when, when we see the rebuilding universe, it's like an organic, like, half-organic, half Well, no, middle. he's inside everybody's head. Yeah. This is imagination. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm describing this. Since, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is bizarre so, imagery. So, it looks like all the heroes are just building this half-flesh, uh, half-machine, big construction. Like castle. Yeah, castle, basically, exactly. Yeah. And he says, like, the only way for us to become real is society has to believe in us again. Like, they, society basically has to, like, deserve to be saved by, like, believing in superheroes. And he says, my favorite line in the whole book, don't be afraid. Remember, before it was a bomb, the bomb was an idea. Mm. Help us uh, rebuild in your world the shining towers in the metropolis, the glooming canes of Sally Hill, the little orphanages of Farville, the plazas and monorails of Archway City. No more batteries before, uh, between the real and the imaginary. And he's like, I think I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we come back to uh, the, the chief uh, fighting uh, to save Flex Metal and uh, the hoax like breaks it into like a million organic pieces. Yeah, uh, it gets turned into a little tiny cube. Yeah, by the villain. He says, the hoax are hoaxed. Give the program, Harry. Happy endings are for kids. Mm-hmm. And um, he tries to make the police chief shoot himself. It goes bland, but then actually, aha, it was all a hoax. But I, I, like, I, I, like, I like his line before, before he shoots himself. Uh, the police chief has a gun to his head. Jesus, I love my wife. What the fuck, you fuck? What do you love? God damn. Yeah. There's no, and the bad guy says, no, there's no love in this world anymore. Do it, Harry. Do it for all of us. <laughs> and then she said, a hoaxer made uh, hoaxed him, and it was all illusions to make him think that he was winning. And yeah. it fucks Metal does his here of the beach, and yes. the villain uh, falls down, and it's the writer. Yeah, yeah Wally's a writer <laughs> as a teenager, as a teenage shitlord edge lord. Uh, yeah. yeah, as Daryl Stephan. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's like, there. So now you know my secret identity. So what? Doesn't matter. It's all shit. Pathetic fucking power fantasies for lonely wankers who who've had so much sand kicked in their faces they look like the opening credits of Lawrence of Arabia. Look at you, a half naked Muslim man trunk. What's that supposed to signify? What are you? Do you know what you are? Sure, I'm a superhero. Being clever is a fine thing. But sometimes a boy just needs to go out of the house and meet some girls. Gamble a step. Gamble I can show step. you how to be a real man as he extends his hand out to the guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Christ. And he, he says, like, I, the world's going to end. I made this world to end, but I don't want to die. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to be the last boy on Earth on my own where nobody can see me or hurt me. I just, I've killed the world. That's what I've done, haven't I? It's the apocalypse. And Frankenstein says, no, not if I can help it. And he says, and the writer, narrator says, it was M&M's. Why should I want to commit suicide? I've got brilliant life. It was him. It was me, age 16. He'd have killed me if it wasn't for Flex. I must have known I made him up. I must have known when I was little. Flex would never let us down. <laughs> so his teenage cynicism was saved by his childhood's optimism. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe, in, so you start talking to, back to him in the alleyway. Do you believe in superheroes? Imagine it real. Magic technology, their cultural, uh, their culture impacting of ours. Dreamatrons and boom shoes, Paris space suits and omniscopes. Imagine the music we can make, ultrasonics, ultrasound. I love that idea. Like, um, like imagine not just like the crazy sci-fi technology, but imagine what art would be like in superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I, I have to, I have to go see my girlfriend. I have to tell her. It's all just stupid. I have to tell her. Also, was, it shows him as a kid reading yeah. comics, and he, the light he's watching it by is a Man in the Moon yeah. light. Yeah. What happens to that light? He says, and he's like, as he's saying, I gotta go talk to my girlfriend. And we see. Uh, the mini superheroes hugging each other, saying they love each other, as about to go into uh, into fiction, basically. I think it was like them waking up because there's like a whole pictures of them all yeah. hugging yeah, with yeah. their eyes closed, and then there they yeah. go, "Love you, always love you." Then they go, "My God," with their eyes open, looking up yeah. at like us. The readers. we also have a new narrator saying, "Nano Man, Mini Miss, Nano Man, Mini Miss, Ambient <laughs> Pulse Cycling, Systems Activation, System yeah. Activation." I'm like, okay. And whoever's <laughs> on the other line hangs up, uh, and he says, "Hello, was something I said? Oh shit, shit, no batteries." Uh, and he's like, and he's like, uh, I'm alive. Uh, there's no fucking batteries the entire time. And but who was he talking to? The fact. Yeah. So he thinks like, oh, it's just, I was talking to nobody. But on the other line, on the payphone, was the fact, and the fact comes to the phone. And leaves a bomb there. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> We're I don't almost know. done. We're almost out. <laughs> yeah. So the police chief talks like that about now that it doesn't settle. Rules and sand chance. Uh, they won't come. Why should they come? Why should they care? Look at this. I thought you had cold in this hair before being disappeared, but look. And Franklin's house says, they'll come. You came through for me, Lieutenant. They'll come through for us. The fact is out there somewhere, and I know we can trust him. The stress is on his way. All we can do is hope. This is Flex Metal signing off. And it cuts, uh, and then it ends with, <laughs> that, that becomes, Flex Metal's image becomes a drawing on the guy's living room floor. I'll be right here if you need me. Yeah. And then his cat walks all over it. Yeah. And then it says, Welcome, you've been inhabiting the first ultra post-futuristic comic. Characters are allowed full synchronization with readers at this level. The key is the man in the moon. As the writer is walking past, uh, the writer in the alleyway is walking past the fact of like, realizing yeah. it. And he and also like, walks past the crossword and picks yeah. it up and says, No way. And also the narrator is now... The Nanoman Minimus Quantum Weave is responding to the code activation. Quark, turn on. Atoms, turn on. Molecules, turn on. And he says the word. And it's not just him. It's shaman, I guess. (laughs) You've never heard the word shaman before, Phil? I have, but why? Because Grant Morrison's a warlock. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So he he believes in magic too, like Almore? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Grant Morrison's magic is all about, like, masturbation stuff. (laughs) That's something for another episode. I'm like, what? Anyway, full system activation. Cells turn on. He says the magic word. He explodes into Shazam powers. Uh, and he goes to his girlfriend, uh, saying, uh, the, narration, the other narration saying, brace yourselves for total reality. His girlfriend wakes <laughs> up, uh, blinded by a light uh, breaking through her win- uh, window. Yeah. Last call for Flight 230, says the hoax who's blinding yeah, her. Yeah, it cycles back to the beginning of... Yeah, the girlfriend's like, why so bright? What's, what's, what, was that the dawn? And uh, the uh, boyfriend says, look, look up, and it's all superheroes flying away. Uh, in the last panel, superheroes have come back but, to save us. But they're not because it's a hoax, right? Yeah, I, I I think they're flying like towards the Earth. 
Yeah. I don't think they're okay. like flying away necessarily. Okay. I thought it was her, I thought it was her perspective. Or that might have been her. It, it's uh, because it looks like they're flying away from the the perspective of how it's drawn, but it, they're going towards Earth, I'm assuming. I, I'm not assuming they're flying away. It makes, that makes sense because you can see uh, stars, so I assume that's space. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is Flex Mentello, my Man fellow listeners. Of muscle mystery. I mean, viewers. <laughs> your viewers. <laughs> that's right. You were viewing this with us in your head. <laughs> yeah, we're creating images in your mind. Just like it. So, everybody knows I love this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think? I had it's one of those books where I have more fun talking about it than reading it. Mm. It has a lot of interesting ideas. I, 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 my problem with, my problem with like this kind of story is I like very efficient stories. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you you like stories where you have to read it multiple times to figure it out. I, I yeah. like ideas, story to get uh, these ideas out and, and uh, the first time, and then when you reread it, you find more and more layers. So this is not my type of story, but I it, it, I do like the story. Like yes. I I went even when I uh, first read it, I was like, I it left me with a good feeling. I, that's that's the best way to put it. it left mm-hmm. me with a good feeling, and I did not regret reading it. That's good. Uh, actually, before we get to you two, I forgot to ask this. What do you guys think it means that the fish has changed more than the water? Because that comes up a couple times. <laughs> is that like superheroes dying and coming back or something? I took it more that like uh, your perspective has changed more than the reality around you. But I don't know. That, that makes that might make sense. Because mm. like the characters, the main characters are changing out more often than the world is. It also makes because like he his perspective on the world was was optimistic, then became cynical, then became optimistic again. Yeah. Also, how did this fish ex- like belong to the kid and to the police? No, I, I still think it's <laughs> poor Phil. I still <laughs> I still think it's about like superheroes dying over and over. Okay. It's like it's Petey the fish has been like a, a thing that the the wife oh, yeah. held on to, and he keeps dying, but new Petey keeps keep the title. Com- yeah. Yeah. New yeah, Petey's so- come in. Yeah, and so even like though like people, even though people in your in your real world, real life die, you always like, like superheroes always come back in, in the mm. comics. Okay, yeah, I like that. Cool, Daryl. What did you think of this book? Oh man, I have uh, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> the first thing is this was uh, a good read. I enjoyed it, and it's one of those things because as I was reading it, a lot of times when we're reading comics, it's just like, okay, like sure this is this this thing's <laughs> happening or that'll happen or this is a thing that's been here whereas here as i was reading i'm like i'm trying to figure out what is happening i'm trying to figure out what do these mean and i love like one of my favorite things is using symbols as callbacks being like this wasn't just like a weird offhanded like like the boys sitting around the circle and shitting where you're just like okay that's bizarre but when it keeps coming back you're like this means something this has a significance that like you have to parse out and mm-hmm. figure out, and I I love reading stories like that. I greatly enjoyed this. So you're a, you're a postmodern asshole like me. Yeah, my favorite issue. <laughs> I still like issue three the most because that was like that's when it got like it's the most darkest and twisted. Whereas like issue four was very much like uh, superheroes are here to save us, which I'm not totally into. I'm way more into mm-hmm. like how have these things morphed your reality. Mm. and your expectations and just like your your perception whereas like four was way more about like your optimism stuff about like the superheroes we need to believe in them they've they're, like sacrificed themselves and to save us in the end where i'm i'm not so much about that i just i really like the idea of like how fucked up you became <laughs> after yeah <laughs> yeah like jerking off to a bunch of latex clad like <laughs> robins <laughs> One thing that I, I really like about Morrison's style, like, because Sly and I have complained a lot about, like, decompression in modern comics, so it takes, like, six issues to do anything, and I feel like Morrison really goes out of his way to make each issue 
its own like thematic piece. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. feel like you can't skip an issue here and then feel like you you totally understand. It's like you do need to read this in series. Yeah, and I unlike, get like unlike Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we there's a comic one we might do eventually. Uh, Multiversity. Uh, there's a comic that's basically Grant Morrison's take on Watchmen. Like, what if Watchmen was happy? And in one, and it takes it's only one issue, and it gets the point across. Like, he's very he he's one of the few writers who knows how to do, uh, make an issue efficient. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, Phil, you're uh, our you're our, our literary <laughs> literary. You have a degree in English or whatever. Sure. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I liked it. I it was weird, uh, obviously, but reading through it, I appreciate. I I don't think I've ever read a comic like this before. Um, I appreciate the non-linearity of it and mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things that like i said I, i'm reading through it and i'm like there's definitely meaning in a lot of these things i'm just not getting right now mm-hmm. and i do like that because i'm like i can always go back to this and like dig deeper like it feels like a book with a lot of depth to it mm-hmm. yeah one of the um, things that's always tricky about that is like there are some books that have that that are still not rewarding to read on that first read mm-hmm. you know because like there's a lot of yeah. books that like oh it's so deep and it means all these things but if you miss that completely then why would you pick it up again you know, like, so I'm glad to see that you still enjoyed it, even with My that. fear is always with the opposite, where it, there's, it looks like there's a lot of depth to it, but it could just be a lot of, like, non sequiturs between mm. the concepts, where you're like, this is just a lot of things thrown in here for the sake of being, like, yes. for, for dizzying you. Also, what I will say is, like, you're saying, okay, oh, postmodern asshole, if you like this book. <laughs> but I, I don't actually think so, because a lot of... I think a lot of postmodernism is characterized by like, look, this book has no meaning in it. Yes, there is no meaning in anything. Okay, but yeah. this I, definitely has meaning. Like that, that's there, yeah, like the, the, yeah. The, the, that. That's the, very important. Yeah, the last issue ending so positively did, doesn't feel like a postmodern. It feels like that's Grant fair, Morrison yeah. trying to communicate a concept. It, he what he does, he uses really weird techniques and meta meta narrative stuff mm-hmm. and like uh, self referential stuff, and it is not it is bizarre, but. At the end of the day, he does have, like, messages he's trying to show. And a lot of postmodernism, especially, like, earlier, like, 60s, 70s postmodernism is, like, there's no, none of this makes sense because nothing in life makes sense. And yeah. things yeah. cannot have meaning. And uh, there's, there's, like, two defining features. There's, like, postmodern philosophy and postmodern style. Uh, Al Moore is postmodern philo- uh, philosophy, but, but like, uh, more gritty style. Graham Morrison is uh, is a postmodern style, but he's not a postmodern philosophy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, like more. I mean, you know, more contemporary postmodern stuff has been like, well, maybe we can make meaning out of this non-meat. Like, but yeah, but, the, but but there's a philosophical term for that, like postmodern. Like, nothing matters. Like, uh, in terms of like all the ideologies we had before was bullshit. Nothing really matters. Like, that's an ideology. I don't know if it's called postmodernism, but it, it was attached to postmodern works for the longest time. Like, that's an ideology in of itself. Yeah, and I I think it's, this is way more readable. I was making fun of John earlier because. Uh, that that author Thomas mentioned, like I, I remember trying to read those books in college, and I'm like, this he, his whole point is that there's no meaning to anything, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not for me personally. That's not rewarding. After you're done, you're like, cool, yeah. there's no meaning to anything, and yeah. the whole book. Why did I read this then? Yeah, I read a hundred pages of nothing. Yeah, more than a hundred pages, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like this, I'm like, no, he's trying to say specific things with it, and I appreciate that, and I would, mm-hmm. I would definitely read more Grant Morrison. Me too. Yes. I, oh I really like I really like his writing style too. I think his prose is really cool. One of the things yeah. I'm interested in is seeing because I feel like it works really well for this book. I want to see if it's a similar t- style of prose for other books because I'm like I don't know if it would work as well unless it's in this like dreamlike, crazy state of like hopping back and forth between different 
scenarios. I was gonna pick like for next time we do a Grand Wars in something like more like easy and digestible, like yeah. Joe the Barbarian or We Three. But now I want to go like weird as hell. No, no, I want to <laughs> see. I want to see if you can do normal. <laughs> okay, interesting. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> okay. So, cool. is that it? Yeah. This is yeah. It. Interesting so, book. If any of it sounds interesting, you pick it up and give it a read. Yeah, it's only four issues, so like it's a pretty quick read relative to some of the other stuff that we cover. Yeah, and you can, and, and it's like a, you know you read it and feel smart, like most of the stuff we cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you all for listening. We in the meantime, before our next episode comes out in two weeks, you could check out the flying machine patreon patreon.com slash flying machine where we're just about we're a couple weeks away from finishing heroes in crisis oh, and last episode yay. was a doozy and wow. you you could also check out all the other shows on the network uh specifically i want to plug potsdora podcast this month because for april the last two episodes have been a lot about uh like Christianity with views of like sexual orientation and gender identity. And, you know, not that we Morrison delves deep into it with his pink mentalium or whatever, but (laughs) Jay goes into much more detail than that about like, how can you be an evangelical and still be like affirming of different people's lifestyles and who they are? And, and it turns out you actually can. And it's people that don't, that don't are just assholes. Shocking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so definitely check that out and all the other shows at flyingmachine.network. And thank you for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been... Before I was Ryan, I was an idea. I've been the hero on the beach. Hero on the beach. Been... Oh, no, I've been the hero on the beach, sorry. <laughs> I've been changed more often than the water. And I've been... Uh, a circle of boys shitting around a mushroom cloud. <laughs> that was going to be mine if I didn't get <laughs> I also like intelligent alloys flowing and melting across shuddering flesh, forming pleasure armor. Uh, I think you mean sex mental. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot my my ultimate joke. Guys, sex mental. (laughs) Stay in continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine. (laughs)